Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hey kids, it's Danny Tamborelli, also known as Little Pete from the Adventures of Pete and Pete. And this is Michael C. Morona, a.k.a. Big Pete from the same show. And uh, my name is Jeremy. I produce this podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Mike, on the Last Podcast Network. Hey, JB, can you tell them what it's all about? The Adventures of Danny and Mike is a weekly podcast with equal parts nostalgia, comedy, and surprises. That's right. So check us out on The Last Podcast Network. The Last Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here. Travis Morningstar is with me. Hello. Hello, Travis. How are you? Just listening to the truffle pig noises of Puffin. Of Puffin. Oh, my little truffle hog. I love him so much. I want to thank everyone who came out to watch us perform live at the Bell House. Marcus, Henry, and I, we stormed the stage uh, like fighters going into battle, and it was incredibly fun. So thank you all so much for coming out, and uh, we cannot wait to see everyone on the road throughout the year. This next week, we're going to be in Nashville, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburghians, so we cannot wait to see you uh, next week. And Travis, great job with the videos. You did a wonderful job contributing to the live show and you deserve thank you I just I gave him an applause I gave an applause so we got some fun stuff to get to this week there's a university scandal going on which is getting a lot of coverage although I didn't think it was breaking news that rich people rich parents help their stupid children get into elite schools. I did not know that was going to be breaking news. I thought that we all sort of wink, wink, understood how the collegiate system works. But evidently, uh, this is uh, this is front page news across the country. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what's going on now with Paul Manafort. He's got some new charges, and they are coming from New York State. New York State, that is key because that, of course, really changes everything when it comes to presidential pardons, the pardoning power of the president. Uh, We'll talk about that as well regarding Manafort and the new counts being brought against him by New York State. Also, Elizabeth Warren kind of stepping in it a little bit, a little bit. Uh, This week when it comes to fundraising, campaign fundraising, of course, she said she wants to break up Google and Amazon and Facebook ideas I have a zero problem with. 
I think uh, those entities are far too powerful and need to be uh, restrained in many ways because we forget Google is not the internet. Like you talk to people, the internet is a vast, vast thing. I mean, uh, Representative Stevens was correct. It is a bunch of tubes. True. Um, But it is not just Google. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about the campaign contribution issue. Do you think this is going to be something that could hurt her uh, going forward because in the eyes of the American people, this is this is this is where you dabble in the old hypocrisy area. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Also, we have some fun local stories uh, that I just think are a little they're a little goofy. So figured we'd mm-hmm. pepper that in. Uh, first, I want to talk about the hit I did this week on Fox News. Uh, AOC. <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know, that's her. That's it's AOC. Uh She was at South by Southwest. So she's talking and just doing her stuff, whatever. And so I go on Fox News this past Sunday and they want to, first of all, they don't want to have a discussion. I know it's shocking. But when it comes to AOC, they just want to be like, she's a socialist. uh, She hates capitalism. And I was trying to explain to them when it comes to certain dangers there are certain elements of capitalism that are not beneficial for the greater good one of those is the monetization of human suffering with the american private prison system so i wanted to go in and discuss private prisons and the dude his name was uh leland his name was leland no uh, I who names their kid Leland? A parent who pays for them to get into college. Exactly. That's who names a kid Leland. And if you are a Leland out there, I like you. You're a good person. You're listening to the show. Maybe we'll see you on the road. But Leland, he was a bit of a D bag, <laughs> just a touch. So I wanted to talk about private prisons, and I got cut off. Uh, every single time I attempted to mention it. Did he so, give you the Tucker Carlson face where he's like a uh, honestly I a think, dog confused by the concept of... So, yes, everyone at Fox News is really learning that Tucker Carlson stank face where they're <laughs> like, they're just disgusted. You know, they're often, oftentimes... It's the face of somebody a, like having keys jangled in their face. Yeah, like, like when... Just to, their, they cock their head huh? to the side and went, I'm okay. not a car. Well, why would someone? Why would someone? I see show the keys. Me keys. I don't understand why you're showing me the keys. So when AOC and you know, may, she can or she could articulate this stuff a little bit better. Again, we're in her first term. We are what two and a half months into her ever uh, being in the House. Yeah. So she's still new. Uh, the Republican Party, the right, is certainly trying to paint the Democratic Party as all of her ideas, which they think will be a political winner. And, and in general, uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt. But of course, as I pointed out many times, when it comes to the 60 plus seats that the Democrats were able to pick up in the House, 44 of those were moderates and the others were more progressive. The Democrats 
approved the woman who turned Orange County blue, for example. Mm -hmm. She was in a Republican district. She knew how to run. She ran a strong, moderate campaign, and she was able to flip Orange County blue, which a lot of people thought would never, ever happen. But look at that. It did. So the Democratic Party, it's not just AOC. Uh, There's also, you know, Beto is going to get in. Beto is more of a moderate candidate. It's a diverse party. Uh, The dude out of Texas, the former linebacker, uh, NFL player, he's more of a moderate. So it's not the way that Fox News has been trying to use uh, her as a battering ram to paint the entire party as uh, Democratic Socialists. It's it's a little nefarious. But when it comes to uh, what she is talking about, specifically just on this issue of capitalism that is certain aspects of capitalism that benefit from human suffering, you can't look any further than the U.S. private prison system. Oh, I thought you were going to say South by Southwest. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Anytime... I don't know. If I was at South by Southwest, is, I don't even know what the is it. Have we done it? Did we do South by Southwest? Uh, no, no. We no. did. Uh, we did like Bumber. Bumber shoot. Yeah, we did yeah. Bumber shoot. That was fun. We saw. That is a kind of like a South by kind of thing. It's South. No, but South by is for big tech, right? Yeah, I, I think they like advertise Pedialyte and oh. like um, Interpol plays maybe, and then oh. and then yeah, the guy from My Mattress. The or my pillow, the my pillow guy talks a little bit. I'm not I, sure I if he'd make it. The my pillow guy, he's pretty religious. I think he would be more likely to go to a CPAC. That's sure, where oh, he you, gets really wild. No, I think he was at CPAC. I'm sure he was I at think CPAC. He was at CPAC. I'm, I'm sure that he was. Uh, the my pillow, by the way, exceptionally uncomfortable. <laughs> so when it comes to private prisons, they started in this country in 1852. Um, the next phase was with the Reconstruction period. This basically began after the Civil War. And what happened during the Civil War? A little thing called slavery ended, supposedly. Supposedly. Uh, what happened was plantations and businessmen needed to find replacements for the labor force once their slaves had been freed beginning in 1868. They issued these things called convict leases, which were supposed to supplement the slave workforce. And if you watch 13, uh, you'll see a lot of a, a lot of that. Angola prison literally built on a plantation. They basically criminalized everything, mm-hmm. and therefore we're not detaining you because you're black. We are detaining you because you're a criminal. Yes. Okay, so that's really the base of the private prison system. Of course, the war on drugs uh, amped it up, and now what we're seeing with the U.S. immigration, uh, the the crisis with the U.S. the crisis with immigration in the United States is not the immigrants; it is the policies coming out of this White House. That's the crisis. Um, the again, you know, as I was talking about on Fox News, the guys, uh, I was talking uh, with some other radio host. They have me on the talk radio panel because I was trying to tell them I do podcasts, but then they were like, Ooh. "What do you mean? Ooh. Is it like a radio show?" And like, it's like a radio you, show. You and then like, radio show. Yeah, I and they're like, "We're just gonna go with radio show." And I was like, "Okay, that's just fine. That is fine." So I was talking to another talk radio host, one of these stooges. He's talking about the invasion at the border, immigrants taking our jobs, all this nonsense. Of course, what's taking our jobs is uh, automation. It's Marty the Robot from Giant Foods, Walmart. Uh, Andrew Yang, by the way, he did get the the man I interviewed a couple of episodes ago. He did get the 65000 
small donations needed to qualify for the first two Democratic presidential debates. And he is the only one really hitting automation hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such an important issue. Yang gang. The Yang gang is out in full force. He's doing some really good work, I think, highlighting the issue of automation and how it is decimating the American workforce. And of course, uh, that is not being talked about nearly enough from this White House, this administration. And we're not seeing any policies addressing that massive, massive issue whatsoever. Instead, they're scapegoating immigrants. Now, why would they possibly be doing this? Well, the private prison system, they make around in 2011, they made five billion bucks and it usually goes around 4 to $6 billion. Mm-hmm. So it's a hell of an industry. If you think about, you know, it's like a quarter as much as the NFL. Yes. You know, the NFL is about 20 billion bucks. This is, it's a pretty significant industry. It makes up around 8 or 9% of the total prisons in the country are mm-hmm. private prisons. And they're owned by groups like Core Civic and Geo Group. And the modern private prison business first emerged and established itself publicly in 1984 when the Corrections Corporations of America, again, that's now known as Core Civic, was awarded a contract to take over a facility in Shelby County. Uh, Tennessee. The following year, CCA gained further public attention when it offered to take over the entire state prison system of Tennessee for $200 million. Now, this is publicly traded. This Mm -hmm. is publicly traded, a company based, again, solely on human suffering. So we have immigration in this country, what's going on with the detention centers, what's happening with the rounding up of undocumented people all over this country. Where do they go? Do they just get deported right away? No, absolutely not. That can take years. They go to these private prisons, some of the eight or nine percent of the prisons that make up the United States prison system. So it's a perfect storm for these politicians. We also have to remember these huge banks are invested heavily in the private prison system. Wells Fargo has around $100 million invested in Geo Group and $6 million bucks in CCA. Other major investors include Bank of America, Fidelity Investments, General Electric, and the Vanguard Group. CCA's share price went from a dollar in 2000 to $34.34 in 2013. So that's what I wanted to talk about on Fox News as opposed to just AOC said something bad about capitalism and she didn't quite answer the question regarding Venezuela and Maduro because Maduro is bad hashtag brave she was asked about it and she's like it's complex it's really easy to answer just say he's bad he's murdering his own people and they don't have power it's it's just that's like that's a toss-up don't give him that but when she talks about that stuff uh, we can't, there is no context to the conversation. And that's what is really so aggravating about all of the coverage of her because she gets covered mostly by the conservative media. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, again, paint that narrative as uh, the reality for the entire Democratic Party in theory to help Donald Trump win by turning off enough of those voters uh, who ended up going for him in 2016 that otherwise would have benefited much more from a Democrat 
in the White House. They want to scare people into saying that the country is going to be a socialist hellscape, you know, if these people take over. That's the whole plan. It is so obvious. It's so transparent. And that's going to be uh, Donald Trump's 2019 campaign. When that, when he really starts, I mean, he's never stopped campaigning, but that's going to be it. It is going to be a trying to convince the American people that the Democratic Party is socialist. That is a huge, huge component to this year's new fear, you know, because Donald Trump, he has to have something to scare the people. That's how he works. That's how his political uh, mind works. He, he uses fear, and that is going to be the fear tactic uh, for, for 2020. So that's all I wanted to do was just talk about private prisons a little bit, talk about automation, you know, but they refused to do it. And it was one of my least favorite television hits of all time. But of course, I guess, what should I expect? I don't know what I expected. I just thought maybe we could have a real conversation, but uh, it's few and far between on television. I saw you, I saw you post on Instagram, like this guy's giving me a headache and you're like so positive on social media that when you said that, I knew that you were having like a really bad time. Well, Leland, he just kept on cutting me off and I'm like Leland what is who taught you? why do you how do you have the job how do you have this job that's why when it comes to nepotism yeah. with you know the university thing that's nepotism it's so systemic it's these morons who get into these schools because mommy and daddy paid some cash to a fella in this case in the university case it's this dude William Rick Singer uh, you pay him some money 500,000 bucks 2 million bucks whatever you're going to be able to get into you know Wake Forest UCLA Georgetown Yale whatever um the whole thing and then you end up having a resume that says you went to Yale. Yes. And then everyone says they must be so smart because they went to Yale, um, where George W. Bush <laughs> went. You know, only the smartest people. <laughs> and then you get a job being an anchor of a show that you have no idea, that you don't have the skill set yeah. to host. You get a squeak toy diploma. Yeah, that says there Yale you go. The and that's how it works. And then Ben Kissel goes to sit down to try to have a conversation that might carry some kind of nuance. And and he gets interrupted because you are a dillweed. Yeah. So that's how it works with the university system and why, you know, when you do see people in the workforce, I mean, I'm not going to name any names of people that I know who work in more corporate settings, but you see some bosses. They mm-hmm. might have gone to Brown. They might have gone to these great universities and they are truly stupid, like truly stupid to the point where you're like, how? Like, how does this happen? And that's why a lot of those resumes, you know, if, if I was an employer, if I see like one of these great schools or whatever, I don't even think it's a benefit. I want to know your work experience. I want to see tangible results. I don't want to blow up Brooke's spot, but she's going to be writing an article. Of course, Brooke Rogers, she's going to be writing an article for the New York Post here uh, this week. I think it'll come out on Friday about not going to college because she didn't go. And now she has now she has two people beneath her that are older than her that have college degrees. And, you know, she is a uh, example of just doing it. Now, I wasn't mature enough just to jump into the workforce. <laughs> um, but if but many, many people are. I dropped out of college after two years and now I'm being held being held uh, hostage in a podcast dungeon. So yeah. if you you can do you it, you can do it. You know, technically we have the nicest studio we've ever had, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so you can do that as well. 
you don't necessarily I mean I again I think the college system has become such it's been so toxic uh, for so many freaking reasons um, and the college resume or a college being on your resume it's great to meet people I think you can learn a lot I mean full disclosure I mean I, I, I learned a lot mm-hmm. in college you learn critical thinking you learn how to you know just sort of digest the world in a way that isn't microscopic Mm -hmm. you you get a larger understanding of the world some of what you learn you can toss out because it's simply ridiculously stupid like when I had a class on politics in commercials and the guy was just really upset with a lot of Budweiser commercials and then I was watching (laughs) it and I'm like Yep, I know. I see it. He's like, you notice the sexism, and I'm like, yep, they're dumping beer on that girl. Those, yep, those frogs are male. Those, those think frogs. about no. It literally was a class. We watched a Simpsons episode, and he was just tearing <laughs> it apart. I'm like, it, I, I don't care. I just don't. <laughs> I don't even need to. Di- I don't need to dissect the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, it's just not really worth it for me. But I'm happy. I'm wasting a lot of money on <laughs> taking this course. So, um. So that's one of the issues uh, when it comes to uh, this college scandal. It's opening up that entire thing. But again, going back just quickly, when it comes to the Democratic Party, you know, talking about education, when when we talk about affordable education, it's not just um, so that, oh, everyone can go to college. It is to make it more fair for people who might not have the same economic means. The only reason this is a symptom Mm-hmm. Of of a disease. Yeah. This fella, this Rick, uh, William Rick Singer taking all the bribes from, you know, the actresses and stuff. I don't want to mention it. What is it? Huffman and uh, the chick from Full House. Whatever. There's a bunch of puns going on. Be like, she's going to go to the big house. I'm like, I don't give a crap. <laughs> Whatever. But he is really just a symptom of a much larger problem. If it wasn't working for this guy, he wouldn't be doing it. If parents weren't giving him the money, this doesn't yeah. exist. And if universities didn't cost you what they're 500,000 bucks just to get into the dang thing. That's not even the admission. That's not even going to the university. That's just going to this guy to get the kid in. If universities didn't cost so freaking much money, then something like this would not need to exist. So this is getting a lot of attention, but it is emblematic of a much larger problem, which is our, um, which is just the way that our the economics of our education system is set up. It's a slap in the face because there's this expectation, particularly at this moment, uh, to sort of exist in this hustle culture. Like if you if you rise and grind, like you're gonna make it. But it's all an illusion. It's it, all pretend. It's there's no meritocracy. Well, it's that's all the people, problem. It's all people pretending and using and using power and prestige and and clout and money to move their way up that and is it that as, is literally trump as president is the is the yeah. gym on the fucking he's he's the he's the angel on top of the christmas exactly, tree when yeah. it comes to uh lack of merit for the position he, he was is, given he is the whitehead of the the, the blemished right. face that is our country but you know of course uh as we have learned with this with what we have been able to do with last podcast, hard work does pay off as well. But a lot of these people who may have been helped by their parents being wealthy, all that stuff, they can maybe trick themselves like uh, and say, oh, yes, I did it all on my own. I'm not going to point out any names, but in the entertainment industry, there is a lot of freaking nepotism and a lot of people who really um, 
they were able to create some shows perhaps that everyone thought hashtag brave mm-hmm. and in reality it is just a wealthy person who had every door open for them and mediocrity reigns supreme that is why you see a lot of trash on television um, but speaking of universities and the private prison system in june of 2013 columbia university discovered that the institution owned eight million dollars worth of this prison stock cca prison stock less than a year later students formed a group called columbia prison divest and delivered a letter to the president of the university demanding total divestment from CCA and full disclosure of future investments. By June of 2015, the board of trustees at Columbia University voted to divest from the private prison system. Uh, Core Civic has a capacity of more than 80,000 beds in 65 correctional facilities. The GO group operates 57 facilities with a capacity of 49,000 beds. The company owns or runs more than 100 properties that operate more than 73,000 beds in sites across the world. So anyway, that was what I wanted to say regarding Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez criticizing certain aspects of of our capitalistic system and that is one of those aspects that i am in complete agreement with the monetization of human suffering obviously an extension of slavery uh you know there is just it's just disgusting when we talk about our immigration system the lies that have been created around our immigrants around immigrants in this country the lies that are being created It is solely to help fund or one of the components of it or one of the reasons for it is to help fund these private prisons that a lot of the people in Washington, a lot of the people in banking and just a lot of people in this country have investments in. So that is disgusting to me. And that is all I wanted to say on Fox freaking news. (laughs) No, but I could not uh, get that. It it would be interesting to see. It, so Ocasio-Cortez, she's very outspoken, you know, on social media and, and elsewhere. It would be interesting to see if she just sort of like did her job but went silent as far as, as social media stuff goes or like public speaking and just see the kind like would they like reach out to her and text her like, hey, is everything OK? Can you can you start some can you rile some stuff up so we have some news to to report on? Well, you know, just the way that television news works. It is the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, and it might not necessarily be for the greater good, but what they do, it's, um, I was talking to a Democratic strategist, uh, this guy, oh, I'm blanking on his name, nice guy, uh, black fella, he's always on uh, Fox News, I think he's a contributor or something, and he gets really angry, he met with AOC, and she was like, you're the one who always says bad stuff about me, and he's like, because you're ruining the party, you know, that's how he thinks, mm-hmm. um, because he is extremely concerned that the party is going to have to have a more moderate voice in uh, going forward in the general. Now, of course, AOC, she's doing just fine, she is not running for president, nor could she legally, constitutionally, because of her age, and I think the, her district seems to be happy. And that is the only thing that matters when it comes to Amazon not coming here. I know a lot of people were like, oh, you just cost us X amount of jobs and all this money. 
But the reality is, Amazon, they already had those. It was their headquarters. They already have those people hired. They would have brought yes. them over. They're already, the positions are filled. Maybe a couple of janitors. I think we've talked about this. A few janitors, maybe cafeteria workers, uh, someone you know, to lands test, crew. Someone to test the bear repellent on their yeah, own eyes. Exactly. <laughs> but you would have a huge, it was going to be multiple city blocks of the Amazon headquarters. So what does that do when you do that? Now you have just kicked out a lot of people who had a more affordable housing, even though Long Island City is yeah. barely affordable. Um, and then that would just go further and further and further. Then the gentrification ripple would occur. I mean, just like if you slam down anything uh, with the dust that it kicks up, uh, you know, it ripples throughout. And in this case, the dust it would kick up as human beings being forced to pack up and leave apartment complexes, go into another apartment complex with more means uh, than the people who currently occupy that apartment complex. So now they're going to another apartment complex. Maybe they have a little bit. It's, it's, so it's a vicious, vicious cycle. So I thought that was a fine thing. Yeah, I don't want freaking Bezos. I don't want Amazon here. I am so over them. And the way that city officials would have to inevitably kiss they Amazon's would, they, ass. It would they be like, love it. It would, it would be like we hire or we like elected Amazon to be mayor. Oh, they of would. New York they city. would control so much. It's freaking ridiculous. It is ridiculous how much power they have and how little taxes they have. That's what pisses me off so much about the freaking Republican tax plan. It pisses me off so much. Uh, they totally screwed over the middle class. They totally fucking screwed over the middle class. And people saw it now. They finally saw it when they got their tax returns and they were like, what is that number? It's much smaller than I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be. And of course, in theory, they would say, well, you're taking more home every week or every two weeks. So your return is going to be less. But I don't really think that that holds much water as an offset. People are quickly realizing the Republican tax plan is a brutal, brutal lie that is only going to help the largest corporations in this country. So anyway, that's just my little spiel on um, what I wanted to say. That gosh darn television network. Leland. Leland is Leland. Is this just it's a name you want to scream while choking somebody out. Leland. Leland. <sighs> all right. Now I'm getting all riled up. That's okay. I hope everyone is doing well. Hail yourselves. All right. Okay. Let's let's move on here and talk a little bit about Paul Manafort. So obviously we had the federal charges coming in, looking around six years, seven and a half. He got some time served, whatever. Um, and now, of course, with federal charges, this is where Donald Trump, he's, he can treat Manafort like the nicest turkey in town, mm -hmm. and he can pardon him. But now that the that New York State has brought charges with 16, charging him with 16 crimes, if Manafort is convicted, Donald Trump cannot pardon him. So this is according to a New York Times article. Paul Manafort, President Trump's former campaign chairman, of course, we all know that, has been charged uh, in New York with mortgage fraud and more than a dozen other state felonies. This is according to Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus R. Vance Jr. Uh, news of the indictment came shortly after Mr. Manafort was sentenced to his second federal prison term 
in two weeks. That is not a good two weeks, I have to say. Uh, He now faces a combined sentence of more than seven years for tax and bank fraud and conspiracy in two related cases brought by the special counsel, Robert Mueller. So now he is looking at 16 more charges in New York State. Roughly 25 years, that's what he would be looking at Mm -hmm. with those 16 charges. Let's just say everything goes okay. He's got the seven years in prison. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe the, maybe he gets his sentence greatly reduced in New York. He still has potentially pending charges in Virginia. And there's one other state, uh, where he committed fraud. So even if New York state is like, ah, ah, we're done. Fuck it. Screw it. We're, we're over it, which I don't believe that they will say that. I think they have quite a, uh, an ax to grind, uh, with Paul Manafort. Um, but even if they did miraculously have a change of heart and just say we like, if he got the Love Potion number nine. Mm-hmm. You remember that movie? Love mm-hmm. Potion I number do. nine. Early 90s. Classic. Uh, even if they did magically fall in love with him, he would still be screwed by two other states. So the whole thing about Donald Trump, uh, he's calling Donald Trump has called Manafort a brave man. He said he stood up for himself. He stood up for the president. All of that really goes out the window when it comes to these state charges. It doesn't matter how many times Donald Trump wants to pardon him. It doesn't matter how many times uh, Donald Trump says he's a good man and a brave man. Those sentences are going to be irreversible by the hands at the hands, the little hands, by the way, of Donald Trump. So Paul Manafort, if you're a betting person, probably dies in prison, probably, probably dies in prison. And, you know, I don't like I don't I, I, I don't I never celebrate. I never dance on someone's grave. But if you look at the people that he has worked with over the years, the dictators that yes. he has worked with, he has <laughs> it, but he is one degree away from mass murder. Yeah. Like literally he may as well be the person that committed mass atrocities. So my how- my sympathy my sympathy <laughs> card you know it's a it's a little tore up when it comes to Manafort. I love how that one judge was like other, he lived an otherwise blameless life. I don't know what, what the hell that meant. About? That reminded me that was of course the federal judge. That reminded me of the Ted Bundy documentary <laughs> oh, yeah. when oh, yeah. the judge was like after the sentencing or after he was found guilty, the judge was like, you would have been a pleasure to work <laughs> with you, Mr. Bundy. It would have been an honor. The real the real victim is your potential. I'm like, the 36 women. That's the issue. Look, I know you killed a lot of women. You seem like a great guy. You seem like somebody I'd like to have a beer with. Ugh, catch, catch up. So bad. So the president said, I feel very badly for Paul Manafort and that he had, quote, not thought about a pardon for him. Now, most people speculate um, that if Donald Trump is going to pardon him again solely on the federal charges, he's going to wait until after the election, see if he gets reelected. And of course, he can still pardon him. Uh, if he does not get reelected, he still has a few months there of being a lame duck president. Right, right. Um, because, of course, he will offic- the next president will, of course, officially take over in the new year. Um, so Manafort just seems, you know, more more screwed every single day. And this is just a, a good reminder just for all of us. I don't think anyone listening to this. Or we don't have the, I don't think any of us have the ability to Mm -hmm. uh, hang out with foreign dictators. It is just a good reminder um, to, uh, you know, just try, just 
just try to do better. Just yeah. try to make the world better. Not, uh, you know, talking about monetized suffering. Yeah. Not not economically benefit greatly from other people having horrible, horrible, horrible lives. Also a reminder that the meritocracy might be a complete illusion, but karma is very real. It can be. It can be. On the last episode, I mentioned that Amy Klobuchar was the only person from the Midwest running for the highest office in the land. But I was wrong because I forgot about West Bend Mayor Peter Budelege. Budajeg. 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 Yeah. Like, it sounds very fragile. <laughs> it's very, uh, yeah, a very elegant name for the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Budajeg. So Peter Budajeg, he is also running, and he is from Indiana. So there is more than just one. A lot of my Midwestern listeners out there were like, Ben, you should know this. We have two. And for the Midwest... That's pretty damn good. Pretty good. We could have had Sherrod, uh, of course, Sherrod Brown out of Ohio, uh, but he just chose to kind of buy out, bow out. And you know what? I can't blame anyone for not getting in because American politics are nasty, and especially uh, when they are reminiscent of Donald Trump's political campaign style. I have a campaign slogan for uh, Peter Buttigieg. Okay. Peter Buttigieg, 2020. Indiana's apology for Mike Pence. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I know a lot of when we went down to Indianapolis, uh, which, by the way, that was great. I loved Indian, uh, Indianapolis, despite making fun of it on the live show that we had <laughs> for our special. Um, so many people were just embarrassed about Mike Pence. There were just. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. the downtown area of Indianapolis is very pretty. So they, they did a good job. You, uh, all, you all did a good job. Lovely steak and shake. Uh, that I went to. Yes. Um, the, only, the only place that was open at one in the morning. Yeah. In, in the area. But you know what? That means that everyone was sleeping so they could be more industrious the next day. That's right. And of course, uh, I might as well mention Beto, B- Beto, Beto O'Rourke. Uh, he is also going to announce most likely. Uh, t- oh, yeah. Today, you're probably listening to this on Thursday of this week. He's most likely announcing. I think that he will. And then, of course, the question is, uh, he'll be more of a moderate. Does he take away from Biden? Uh, there's a there's going to be a lot of fun things happening. Um, you know, do as the progressives slowly drop off, do they go to Bernie? Uh, and as the moderates slowly drop off, do they go to Biden? Or if Biden drops off, uh, and Beto drops off with that support. Go to Klobuchar, another more moderate. You know, so that's kind of the fun uh, situation that we find ourselves in. Um, or is it going to be Yang Gang? Yang Gang twenty twenty. The Yang Gang. I mean, I like him. So he's the he's the only one talking about the war against robots. Yeah, he's the war against robots candidate. And the UBI. I mean, I'll take it. the freedom dividend of the war against robots. The last soldier fighting the good fight. Oh, I like it. All right. Well, speaking of someone who may take votes away from Bernie Sanders, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, of course, she has been going in against big tech companies. And I think making a lot of sense. I, these big tech companies, you know, going back to also what I want to talk about with AOC, it's, you know, they, they steal our identity. They take our soul, basically, and they've monetized that. So we have a mm-hmm. capitalist system that allows for the monetization of human suffering and the monetization of your identity, which both of those things, I've, I'm a capitalist, but it doesn't mean you can't fix it and make it better. It's about improving things. Um so I think she is right on track 
when it comes to uh, dismantling and um, taking on these huge tech giants that have become so powerful and so important and so influential in our life. And I think a lot of people are having reservations about what they have seen the present look like because mm-hmm. it seems as if we've du- we've dipped our toe in the future now. We're not fully in. The singularity hasn't exactly happened yet. Yeah. But we're dipping the toe in, and I think a lot of people are enjoying uh, the temperature of the water. So I think she's doing a good job pointing out and coming against the big tech companies and pointing out how they have hurt our country and they're just they're ma- they're huge conglomerates who are crushing crushing business crushing businesses she had all, a, uh, all under the guise of free uh, all under the guise of the free market by the way yeah. which is one of the great ironies of the so-called free market when they allow monopolies to exist the market is no longer free she had a uh, a facebook ad that was sort of talking about you know, breaking up tech giants right. and uh facebook removed that ad from from facebook oh really <laughs> yes that, honestly that's horrible and that, then that's, that's scary frightening and then so once once elizabeth warren's team sort of made a fuss about it they put it back on oh, but only nice. but only after and they said they made some completely bullshit excuse about Oops. Uh, how it violated the the, the terms of oh yes of all those the, the really high bar of terms <laughs> that Facebook has yeah. as all of our grandmothers are posting memes that they don't quite understand how horrible yeah. they are anyway so the Massachusetts Democrat um, she really is proposing some big uh, bold ideas when it comes to breaking up Amazon Google Facebook. In September, however, she accepted a $2,700 contribution from Sheryl Sandberg. Of course, she's Facebook's chief operating officer. But Sandberg, whose donation went unnoticed at the time, was just the biggest name from Silicon Valley to give to the senator. Warren took at least 90000 from employees of Amazon, Google, and Facebook alone between 2011 and 2018. The figure includes only donors who gave at least $200 over either of her two Senate campaigns. And just those who listed their employer. Warren is carrying over millions of dollars she raised for the Senate in the last cycle to her 2020 presidential run. Well, the donations flowed to Warren's committee. She was accusing Google, Amazon, as well as Apple of using their powerful platforms to lock out smaller guys and newer guys. That's a quote, including direct competitors. She's also criticized the huge sum Silicon Valley firms spend on federal lobbying and taken on Amazon and and others over their treatment of workers. And of course, that's Amazon. It's criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that Amazon treats their workers, seven dollars, seven fifty an hour, hot ass workshops, no bathroom breaks. They treat them like they are indentured servants. They treat them horrible. Uh, and of course, as soon as the people complain, they'll be replaced by Marty. So that you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. God forbid you try to unionize. Yeah. Um, so Warren makes some solid points. I, taking of the money, these, you know, I understand if you take campaign contributions, it's just on the website. You just click donate. It's hard for someone to say to um, know exactly where all of that money is coming. But I think that she knows where that money came from now. Just write the $2,700 check right back to Cheryl Sandberg and just be like, we're good. Yeah. We're fine. It's not the biggest deal, but it's little things like that 
um, that I think the American people just kind of want just try just if there is something hypocrit- uh, you know, hypocritical happening, which, you know, all of us can be accused of being hypocrites in our own right. Everyone has not me, hip- not you, of course, never you. Um, but, you know, so she should clear that up. And I hope that she does. And of course, not that twenty seven hundred dollars is going to make her beholden to, <laughs> right. to Sherry to Sheryl Sandberg. But I just like I think it's the point. It is. It's the point of it. It's the principle. Um, it's the principle of it. Because, of course, that is uh, really a key cornerstone uh, to her uh, to her campaign. I mean, honestly, uh, Yang and Warren are the two that have been really impressive to me so far on the campaign trail. I think that they're doing a good job and I tend to believe them, um, which I think is good. So just quickly, a little bit about uh, the people who are currently running for the Democratic nomination and, by the way, who is running for the Republican nomination? We have some news about that as well. Mm-hmm. There might be some primary challenge. There is, rather, a primary challenge to Donald Trump, a man that I know. <laughs> um, we'll see. I don't know if he's going to be able to do well. We'll talk about that here in a second. So we got Cory Booker. Uh, the Obviously, he's running the aforementioned Buttigieg. Castro, who I think Castro uh, has a good chance of, of making some waves, of course, coming from a state that really matters. Uh, Delaney, Gabbert, Klobuchar, Inslee. Now, Inslee, of course, out of Washington, making climate change his big issue. And they're a, you know, a, I, I he, I've seen him speak a couple of times. I think that he has he's he's on message. He's got a good uh, you know conversation when talking about uh, how we can reduce our uh, global footprint. Basically, uh, when it comes to single use plastic bag, we use over a hundred billion single use plastic bags, for example, every year. Oh yeah. And those immediately end up in the ocean. And as we're seeing, there's a company that I just saw. They were called Four Ocean. I reached out to them for an interview. They haven't gotten back to me yet. If you know anyone who works over at Four Ocean, I would love to talk to them because they're doing the thing that I knew for a fact was going to be happening, basically garbage collectors of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're doing a good job of cleaning up all the plastics from the ocean. And I really, you know, I don't like government uh, overreach. I really don't. But the fact that Paper bags have just disappeared. When you remember growing up, you don't even get asked paper or plastic. It doesn't exist anymore. Is that true? Is that so? I haven't. When was the last time you saw a paper bag? I am. I mean, I I go to Trader Joe's and they always they have paper they, bags they try, at Trader Joe's. They really do push the paper bags there. That is that but, is true. The delis don't. The Seatown town I go to does not have a paper bag. Yeah. Um. So it just feels like they were much more common. Back in the day, the paper bag before the plastic bag took over everything, and it's single use. You don't, you just use it once. I mean, I use it twice now to pick up Puff, Puffin's poops. <laughs> yeah, Puffin's got his poops. He's like, "Don't talk about me, Ben." I'm sorry, Puffin, but you poop a lot. Um, but that is a big issue. Yeah, and our oceans are. I mean, the plastic, they're everywhere, is man. It- you see these. You see the beaches of these beautiful places. And they've just been destroyed, and that takes an economic toll. Obviously, not just not just a toll on the environment and the animals, but economically, if you're a resort place, all of a sudden you got a bunch of trash on your freaking beaches. Well, goodbye. No one's going to where you are. At a certain point, there will be more trash than fish in the water. Like uh, straight dude, up. Like I, not I, even. I I'm wonder not if even the, I really joking. wonder if there is. I already wonder if there is. So, but I mean, so I like what Inslee is talking about regarding that. But it, am I being overly cynical by thinking immediately like that? It's kind of foolish to make that the centerpiece of your 
campaign. Well, it because is the Democratic important. Party is even like too scared to, to like approach the Green New Deal. You know, it's it's good though. That that's why I said I wanted all of the names. I wanted all of the people because all of these people. Uh, I don't mind a single issue candidate. Get sure. information out there. Educate the American people. Maybe Inslee can't be on the top of a ticket. Maybe he's more of a VP choice. Mm. Or maybe he gets in charge of the EPA. Yeah. Oh, that, that, you know, that, like, it's, yeah. it's so it's, maybe it's not president for him. But Rick Perry is currently the head of the EPA. <laughs> yeah. And everything's batshit crazy. Yeah. We're in crazy town. Um, so, you know, it's not just about being president. It's about getting a message out. Uh, John Hickenlooper, he is a... You know he's he's already had a lot of missteps. Um, Hick and what now? Hick and Looper. Lo- <laughs> great movie, Looper, Looper. By the way, Hick and Looper's had a couple of missteps. I'm not exactly sold. Uh, Kamala Harris, who again, I, I you know we we've talked about her. Um, we have uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. We'll see if anything happens. Gillibrand, of course, who uh, replaced Hillary Clinton in the United States Senate and then just ran for re-election and during the, just this last cycle. During this last cycle, promising that she was not going to run for president and she was going to serve out her term. And that kind of stuff just irks me to no end. And quite frankly, as someone who's been in New York for, uh, what, 16 years now, her record is not good. That's all I'm going to say about her. I'm not I don't really like any of these New York politicians, quite frankly, although Cuomo is attempting to do some okay things. But. I don't want to be like super hippie about it, but legalize it already. Let's get that sweet herb. Come on, folks. Of course, we got Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, this woman, Williamson. This is uh, Marine Williamson. She's a self-help author and new age lecturer. This is a this is a quote that she, that she has. She says, we need a moral and spiritual awakening in the country. Hmm. Nothing short of that is adequate to fundamentally change the patterns of our political dysfunction. She is the author of more than a dozen self-help and spirituality books. She ran for Congress as an independent in 2014 and lost. She championed the rights of gay men with AIDS, founding a charity that now supplies meals to people with serious illnesses. Uh, Signature Issues has proposed $100 billion in reparations for slavery, with $10 billion to be distributed annually over a decade for economic and education projects. Uh, So that's Mary Ann Williamson. Uh, Perhaps you have not heard of her, but um, that is that is who she is, a self-help guru. Um, interesting indeed. That's what I'm talking about when I say a diverse field. I wasn't lying when I said I wanted to see one. And then, of course, you have Andrew Yang. So the Democratic Party really filling up here. Likely to run uh, Biden, Bullock, and this dude Swalwell, um, despite the fact his name <laughs> is Swalwell. And then there's about seven other people who might run. Okay, so that's the Democrats. Um, so we have, a, you know, I would say we have about six solid progressives and a few moderates in there. And again, it's about getting your ideas across to the American people and let's just show everyone or the Democratic Party, because they got to get folks on board. They need to show people that they're a diverse party full of unique ideas, not just talking about Donald Trump, because, you know, when he when Donald Trump is no longer your foil, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do for me? I got to know. And I'm not talking about just giving me cash or something like that. I want to know how we're going to help uh, how they're going to help. Uh, make this country better going forward. So when I mentioned the Republicans, Donald Trump having a bit of competition, maybe 
uh, former governor of Massachusetts, Bill Welt, has decided to get into the race. Uh, This is what he says. He says, I hope to see the Republican Party assume once again the mantle of being the party of Lincoln. Now, I met Bill Weld in 2016. Of course, he was the running mate for Gare Bear, Gary Johnson, um, little stoner in chief. And he was really incredibly nice, I will say. Uh, He was very nice. Uh, He was really encouraging. He saw me give a couple of speeches. A really encouraging guy. And uh, d- does he have what it takes uh, to to beat uh, Donald Trump in a primary? I'm going to say no, uh, but kudos to him. The interesting thing is uh, my friend Travis was with him on a different Travis. Irvine. Was with him on um, election night. And he, uh, Bill Weld was there with his, with his wife. And evidently, Bill Weld's wife, big Hillary Clinton supporter. Mm-hmm. And you could tell, apparently... He felt horrible. He felt horrible. He started crying, I guess. And he was like, did we do this? Um, but of course, libertarians, he took away from Trump. Uh, that most likely uh, probably took away from Donald Trump. But anyway, uh, they were just devastated. So I guess this is his, you know, this is a, he's going to fight back this time and take on Donald Trump in the primary. Bill Welt, more like Bill Wet. With tears. Wet with tears. He emerged as a vocal critic of Mr. Trump during the 2016 election, saying his call to deport immigrants that it invoked Kristallnacht, a signature issue, favors fiscal restraint, free trade, and moderate immigration reform, and, of course, has endorsed steps to legalize it. That's sweet, sweet herb. So it is a crowded field on, on one side. And the Republicans now have two. So who knows? Maybe that maybe uh, he'll qualify for a debate. All right. Just uh, we got two more little stories here. I want to say something positive. Trump and uh, and California agree on something. The state of California and Donald Trump agree on something. And that is to stop changing our clocks twice a year. Uh, The state of California and President Trump might have finally found some common ground. Both have expressed a desire to do away and end the twice a year clock switching that comes with daylight savings time. Last November, 60% of Californian voters approved Proposition 7, a ballot initiative to encourage the state to do away with the widely maligned biannual practice of setting one's clocks backwards and forwards. 45th president tweeted this, making daylight saving time permanent is okay with me. So there you go, folks, reaching across the aisle, bringing the nation together. We can all agree. Making daylight savings time permanent is okay with us. Because I think that would be better. It gets so sad in the winter. All right. I don't know. It it feels like Trump has one of the infinity gems, like the time. And he's like going to actually manipulate time to stay the way he wants it. Possible. He, he's a real. I'm just saying, he's a real Thanos, right? He's now. a real Thanos. Yeah. All right. And lastly, this is a little bit more lighthearted. New York lawmakers are considering a bill that would allow minors, kids under the age of 18, what are they going to be allowed to do? 
play bingo. <laughs> Currently, they're not allowed to play bingo. This is true. State Senator Timothy Kennedy sponsored the bill and said it will ensure that kids can take part in the decade-old tradition of playing bingo. The bill passed the state Senate Monday and now heads to the state assembly for consideration. A similar bill was introduced in the state assembly, but it has not yet moved to committee. But they wouldn't be able to, they would not be allowed uh, to play bingo without adult supervision. That is true. I have no idea why that's <laughs> a law. They that. cannot play bingo right now. So, you know, if you're a kid and you say, oh my God, all I've ever wanted to do is play bingo, and they don't let me play bingo with grandma. You could sidle up to the bar, get a virgin daiquiri, yep. play some bingo. Start marking those squares off with that beautiful red dot maker, <laughs> and you are going to have the time of your life. I actually did play some bingo in Wisconsin, and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was really, really fun. I got, I did get, a, did I get a bingo? Mm. <laughs> I was close. They kept on changing the rules because you'd be like, we're playing corners. So then you had to get the corners. And then there was one were where you, you playing just, bingo with a bunch of street toughs. They, like- it was intent. It was me, my boys, because it was a bachelor party. We got pretty crazy. <laughs> we got pretty crazy at my boy Dave's bachelor party. Rolling dice uh, and playing bingo. So we had some ladies. It was a pizza joint. You know, we had some ladies over there, some good, like, 50-year-old wives, moms, you know, and people were going pretty nuts. The beer was flowing. We played bingo for about three hours. Wow. It was fun. Um, but I'm, a, I'm an adult, though. Sure. So I can do it. I, I can play bingo responsibly, you know. Um, but nonetheless, the kids here in New York State might be able to play bingo fairly soon. I'm just really happy that New York State Assembly isn't dealing with anything like the subway crisis, affordable housing, so what's going on with NYCHA, the that fact there's lead the- in the water, um, lead in the paint. Uh, <laughs> what, are, what are the other thousands of millions of issues? Oh, by the way, there's another thing that Blasio did. Meatless Mondays. Uh, that was for school, school lunches. Sounds mm-hmm. good in theory, right? Mm-hmm. But now all they're giving them is garlic bread. So that's the meal. That's the meal is garlic bread or no. ham or cheese sandwiches. You can't. I had a teacher who I loved, actually, my math teacher in, in high school. She was a great gal, but she was a vegetarian. She was a vegan. She was a vegan, I believe. Let's just say she she just ate chips. She was quite large. Uh, you know, she was she was a big person, but she would be like, I don't eat meat. I'm like, maybe just switch to meat. I don't know. All she would do is eat chips. So yeah. you can't meatless Monday. Okay, that sounds like it's healthy, but the backup plan is just literally garlic bread. If you switch to just carbs, I mean, no. it is not a great. Yeah, they don't have. They're not bringing re- soy regimen. burgers in. You know, no. honestly, the school lunches in New York. If you ever see pictures of you, I I forget the name of the blog, but school lunches in New York City public schools. It's prison food. It is literally prison food. And I'm like, I felt, I, I just feel bad for the kids. How the hell do you learn? But. Now, I was under the assumption that most, like, meat products at schools were actually, like, soy-based. I don't. The like, chicken, the chicken the, nuggets probably my, not. In some of my schools, like, all the, all the Salisbury steak and whatever, that was all, like, soybean. Really? Based, yeah. So And it was it must delicious. Have been, must have been a fancy-dancy school. No, 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 no. This was, like, well, this is actually a mili- like a military... Uh, base schools fancy and, well, dancy no, just like I said not fancy Donald Trump went to a military school no I'm not talking about the little did your the, parents the pay for you to get into college this nope <laughs> I went to army grunt uh, military like public schools okay but I, I even when I went to public school uh, off base 
The, all, I thought all the the meats were like soybean based. I don't think so, buddy. I don't think. Am so. I? I've, I've been. I don't know. Lie. Email us. I'm not quite sure. I don't think so. I know this at the Catholic school that I went to. That Salisbury steak was pure, pure, like Uncut. pork and <laughs> beef and a whole bunch of mixed up meats, which is the best way to do it. Um. All right, everyone. Well, that's kind of the news of this week that I thought was uh some I don't know you know just a little bit different than you'll be hearing on your MSNBC, your Fox News is. And your CNNs. That's what I say. We try to do a bit of that. Is that your New York character? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I am a New York character. <laughs> no, Henry's been doing his New York character all week. And it's week. rubbing off on you. Maybe. Yeah. Even though Henry is from Queens. Yeah. So No, that's the Queens guy voice, though. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Anyway. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, love you very much. Again, thanks for uh, coming out to the Bell House. That was so much fun. Uh, we had a great night together. And uh, can't wait to see everyone in Nashville, Cincy, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. We're going to have a blast. I think uh, Nashville, I'm going to tour the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Johnny Cash Museum. Evidently, those are the two things you got to see. So I'm going to see those. I'm going to find Jack White. Are you really? Yeah, gonna, Is he a Nashville guy? Yeah, I th- I'm going to find him. You kind of look like him. Maybe you'll think you're a long lost son. <laughs> um, that, I didn't know he was an... That's a smart move. Yeah. I yeah. thought he was British. Jack White? Are they not British? No. I thought the white stripes were British no. until literally four seconds ago. No, no, no. Well, they and they all. a lot of people also thought those two were uh, brother and sisters. I thought they were husband and wife. They were. They are. Or they were. Right. But yeah. they were trying to sort of perpetuate the myth we're having sex with each that other that they were brother and sisters having sex with each other to sort of create an uh, an enigma yes but well, then, though they're a, not they're not they're not british what a brilliant marketing strategy that is with any luck people will think we're a pornhub trope <laughs> yes. um that's perfect well she didn't like it she the um, i hope not yeah she was kind of like opposed to that but jack yeah. jack white apparently really wanted to put that in people's mind huh uh, i mean honestly white stripes hold up great band Great, great band. I just thought that they were British. Maybe it's the color scheme. It's very British color scheme. If you have any questions you'd like me to ask Jack White, I'll be trying to find him in Nashville. Well, maybe he's performing somewhere. I don't know. Um, All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you have a chance, wish Holden congratulations. He's getting married this week. Of course, Holden from Wizard and the Bruiser. He is getting married to Lexi. And, you know, I mean, that's going to be an event. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be out in Charlotte. A little bit later on. Um, All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.